but which he never uttered. The day before Beckford died, Chatham forced himself into the house in Soho Square, now the house of charity, and got away all the letters he had written to the demagogue alderman. His house at Font Hill, with pictures and furniture to a great value, was burnt down in 1755. The alderman was then in London, and on being informed of the catastrophe, he took out his pocket-book and began to write, and on being asked what he was doing, he coolly replied, only calculating the expense of rebuilding it, Oh, I have an odd fifty thousand pounds in a drawer. I will build it up again. It won't be above a thousand pounds each to my different children. The house was rebuilt. The alderman had several natural sons, to each of whom he left a legacy of five thousand pounds but the bulk of his property went to his son by his wife, who was then a boy ten years old, and is said to have thus come into a million of ready money and a revenue exceeding a hundred thousand pounds. Three years later, Lord Chatham, who was his godfather, thus describes him to his own son, William Pitt. Little Beckford is just as much compounded of the elements of air and fire as he was, A due proportion of terrestrial solidity will, I trust, come and make him perfect. The promise which his liveliness and precocity had given was fulfilled by a jeu d'esprit written by him in his seventeenth year. This was a small work, published in 1780, entitled Biographical Memoirs of Extraordinary Painters, and originated as follows. The old mansion at Font Hill contained a fine collection of paintings, which the housekeeper was directed to show to applicants. But she often told descriptions of the painters and the pictures, which were very ludicrous. Young Beckford, therefore, to methodise and assist the housekeeper's memory, wrote their lives, which she received from her youthful master as matters of fact. Thus, after descanting on Gerard Dow, she would add particulars of that artist's patience and industry in expending four or five hours in painting a broomstick. There were other extravagances which she believed. A few copies of the book were printed to confirm her belief, hence the book is very rare. Beckford, in after life, spoke of it as his blunderbusania. It was, in fact, a satire upon certain living artists and the common slang of connoisseurship. Young Mr. Beckford had been educated at home. He was quick and lively and had literary tastes. He had a great passion for genealogy and heraldry, and studied oriental literature. He had visited Paris, and mixed in the society of that capital, in 1778, when he met Voltaire, who gave him his blessing. He had fine taste for music, and had been taught to play the pianoforte by Mozart. Mr. Beckford travelled and resided abroad until his twenty-second year, when he wrote in French, Vathek, a work of startling beauty. More than fifty years afterwards, he told Mr. Cyrus Redding that he wrote Vathek at one sitting. It took me, he said, three days and two nights of hard labour. I never took off my clothes the whole time. This severe application made me very ill. Old Fonthill had a very ample, loud, echoing hall, one of the largest in the kingdom. Numerous doors led from it into different parts of the house, through dim, winding passages. It was from that I introduced the hall, the idea of the Hall of Eblis being generated by my own. 
my imagination magnified and coloured it with the eastern character. All the females in Vathek were portraits of those in domestic establishment of Old Font Hill, their fancied good or ill qualities being exaggerated to suit my purpose. An English translation of the work afterwards appeared, the author of which Beckford said he never knew. He thought it tolerably well done. At twenty-four, Mr. Beckford married the Lady Margaret Gordon, daughter of Charles, fourth Earl of Aboyne, but the lady died in three years. In 1784, he was returned to Parliament for Wells. In 1790, he sat for Hindon, but in 1794, he accepted the Chiltern Hundreds and again went abroad. He now fixed himself in Portugal, where he purchased an estate near Sintra and built the sumptuous mansion, the decoration and desolation of which, some years afterwards, Lord Byron described in the first canto of his child Harold, in the stanza beginning... There thou too, Vathek, England's wealthiest son, once formed thy paradise, as not aware when wanton wealth her mightiest deeds hath done. Meek peace, voluptuous lures.